Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself. With 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. What up, everybody? You are now tuned into AURN Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jonathan Elias, and I got my amazing host to my right. Let's start off with Star Ladies Rock. First, Star Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know which camera. Star Rock. <laughs> right. And then we got my boy, Jay Hall. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. You thought I was gone, thought I was laid off, but I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. yeah. <laughs> he had to beg for his job back. That's <laughs> No, no, no. I did. <laughs> We're so happy to uh, be here in full effect. And not only that, we have my brother, King of Vibes, T Manny. Woo! What's hey, up, y'all. Brother? I'm super, super hyped, first of all, because we've known each other for years. Right. And um, we followed each other's uh, career, just journey. And I just want to say, I want to start off because, you know, Black Kings, we need, we need to start, you know, celebrating each other. I celebrate you. Thank you. And I, I'm、that. so proud of you, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah.、Man. Killing、Love、it. Representing、too. for Nigeria. Yeah. You know, Nigeria's <laughs> in the building. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, he's Ebo and I'm Yoruba. But, wow. You know? <laughs> said, unfortunately. Shots fired. Nah, nah. It's all love. It's all love. It's angel, all love. Though, Ebo Angel.、So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He said Ebo Yoruba Angel. Yoruba Demo. Yoruba Demo. It's a lot going on. Hampton versus Howard, Evo <laughs> versus Yoruba. Listen, <laughs> listen, they keep on trying to separate us. All right, T Manny, let everybody know who you are, where you're from, what you do, and、um, just talk about the vibes, man. Talk about the vibes. Wow, I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah,、um, T Manny is an Afrobeat artist from Nigeria, obviously, Evo Angel, you know, <laughs> a singer, a songwriter, a producer, composer. Uh, human rights activist as well.、Um, I like to call myself a Pan Africanist because、um, I have not only lived in Nigeria, I've lived in Nigeria, I've lived in South Africa, been to Ghana. So, you know, I've been to a couple places in Africa that has actually, you know, been a part of my growth as an artist, and now I'm here in the States. So, these environments have influenced my creativity as an artist. So, it kind of influenced me creating my sound and、uh, the kind of music I make, you know, which is a vibe. And people always say this vibe is addictive. I didn't、yeah. make that word. The fans made up that word. So, T Manny is pretty much an artist. You know, that's what I am. So,、awesome. I know your fans are they're the vibes gang, right? Yeah. <laughs> see? Look at you. I did my research. I did my research. No, that's like, right. Your, your, your music is dope. Like, it's so funny because you're, you. you're so like, laid back, but I was like, watching your performances and stuff. And I was like, yo, he, he's, he's dope.、Um, but I want to say, like, I read somewhere that you know, your music is inspired by like a hodgepodge of like RB, dancehall, definitely can hear that. And then, of course, Afrobeats. Talk about that because you, you call it Afro Switch. Yeah,、right? Afro Switch. El- elaborate on that. 
Yeah, Afro Switch is a is a word I coined when I was trying to create my sound. And um, you know, it's a combination of my environments, everywhere I have lived and the the music I have grown up with. You know, growing up as a kid, my dad played a lot of um mixed sounds in the house. We had the vinyl, you know, the turntable. Yeah. We used to call it snare, we call it turntable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he played a lot of Bob Mali, a lot of reggae music, and Fela Kuti. Yes. So this mixture yes. kind of affected me while growing up. You know, that's what I listened to a lot. And and then in my um adolescent years, you know, while, you know, getting into high school and all, um, my elder sisters, my siblings, because I'm the last of five, they play a lot of R&B music. They play the the Boys to Men, the Craig Davids from UK, the Awful One. It was like, so it was a mixture of all these sounds. So I was musically inclined quite on time, even though I was medically I was going to be a medical, you know, a doctor. I was in a yeah. medical field in my career. But music was like a part of my life. If I'm reading, I have my head locked up with music. I don't know how that happens, but the music kind of helps me focus. Mm -hmm. So if I'm <coughs> trying to go to sleep, I listen to music. It don't make sense. But if the music is not on, I can't fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So it was weird. So that's how I created the sound that, you know, was a combination of everything. So actually that sound actually discovered, I discovered that sound after I had moved to the States. I'm talking about America. Because um, I was still trying to find myself, find my sound, do my first music. But when I got to New York, um, I linked up with my producer in London. His name is Jalon. He's also Nigerian. You're about demon. <laughs> <laughs> Always the ones that make you the money. <laughs> Shout out to Jalon, my boy. So we both created the sound together, you know, because I play instruments. And uh, I wanted to make something that doesn't really sound um like... I wanted to sound like, I didn't want to sound like anyone else. I wanted mm -hmm. to sound like myself. So I decided to create something new. So I had, I had the influence of R&B. I had the influence of reggae and dancehall. And originally I'm Afrobeat. So what was the point? I said, what if, what if I put the three together and create a sound and then sing on it and make sure it sounds like me, what I'm comfortable with. So if you notice most of my songs, I don't really have the strong um, dialect in it. There's a mixture of a lot of English in my song. So a lot of people can relate to what I'm saying, mm -hmm. understand what I'm talking about, even though I'm singing on an Afro beat. That's why I call it Afro Switch. Love it. Yeah. When you talk about being the vibe king and all of that, and the word vibe itself has been becoming like very trendy. Like people use it all the time. Like my goddaughter be like, I'm trying to catch a vibe. And she <laughs> right. be like, what are you doing? Like you haven't lived life enough to know what a vibe is and stuff <laughs> right. like that. But a lot of times when it comes to music, it can become this thing where a lot of the musicians now, they're kind of making songs off the feeling more so than the structure. But for you personally, how is your creative process? Because you named a lot of instruments and different genres of music. What's your creative process when you're actually making a record? Um, the first thing is I have to feel the vibe. So On brand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> On brand. Yeah. And the vibe then has to be addictive. Because you could feel a certain vibe and tomorrow morning you don't really feel it no more. You know, as creative, sometimes we make music and listen to it for a minute and a week later you don't really want to put it out anymore because mm -hmm. you feel it's not up to standard anymore. So I my creative process is the vibe and then most importantly the sound has to be timeless in the sense that um, I want a sound that you could listen to a decade after now and still feel the way it made you feel. So more of a legacy artist kind of creative process. So when I'm making a song, I'm thinking about not just myself, about how I feel. I'm thinking about how the receivers, the audience are going to listen to it. So I already can imagine me performing the song. 
that's how far I think about the song to the people and connecting it with the people. And then I can imagine the people listening to the song. So if I'm making a certain type of song, I might say, oh, my head, this is a lounge kind of music. I hear people in a coffee shop, you know, working and listening to the song in the background. And then some other song, I'll be like, wow, this is a street type of sound. I hear people like in the clubs dancing to this one. And then I listen to another one I'm making. I'll be like, oh, this is like a beachside kind of sound. We call it the waterside kind of music, you know, whereby you're chilling on an island on a vacation. So I'm trying to project that energy into my creativity, whereby the music doesn't just stay with three months or the short term. And it just goes beyond my time. So the creative process is timeless. I I, I would like to say it, it does. It, it makes sense. That's why I want to comment on that. You know, I love that part of your process is thinking about how others are going to vibe yeah. with it and feel with it and, you know, think about it. Because I remember we knew each other when we were doing um, stuff with Mina TV. Yeah. So we had a, I had a show called African Millennials where it was just a bunch of African millennials talking about shit that happens to african millennials you know right. um and then you guys were you had a show with um three other glitterati yeah. charlie, charlie yeah. um and and i remember you as a host you know and like all our friends you know, that my co-hosts were like no he's a dope ass artist too so i remember going to one of your performances and you performed something light mm. dog i was like this beat <laughs> this song i'm over there grew i said immediately went to my phone and started finding it and like saved it you know so i appreciate that part of the process because that's how i was i became a fan you know wow. on top of just a friend you know and a you know colleague but um it's it's successful your your process is successful you appreciate know because that's that. how it got me appreciate it look at the yoruba demon coming you see what i'm saying like, <laughs> <laughs> we, we're smooth with our words. Listen, and I literally have no idea what everyone's talking about. <laughs> I'm just gonna point that hey, out. I think, this and is that's like what a colonization thing. does to the 1619. Because I'm sitting over here like, and, just, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, and that's why it's so important. Yeah. We we're just talking about you know getting you know finding out like ancestor DNA or one two three me or mm -hmm. all that, and like going back and actually learning more about the culture that mm -hmm. I tell my friends. All, I've done it. Both my yeah. parents are African. I got Eritrean <laughs> on one side, For Nigerian sure. on the For other sure. side, and I still did still it, did it. Wow. because I wanted to know, like, deeper, where is it going to go? So I tell all my American friends, please do that. That's yeah. It's such a blessing yeah. and an honor to know. Yeah. The, yeah. the roots, the roots and you, you know, know for me like growing up in new york it's so interesting like when i meet black people from like other parts of the united states and like how they were kind of just in these silos where it was just everyone was like where all of our roots are from the south mm -hmm. and i'm right. like no when i like growing up in new york we were around all kinds of black people african caribbean mm -hmm. like it was it was like a mini wakanda so mm -hmm. you're always exposed to these these different sounds and these mm -hmm. different music. So yeah. I, I know New York is a good place for you because yeah, right. we love some Afro beats. And yeah. I, that's what I loved about growing up here because you could be at a party and they might start playing merengue and everybody would everybody be like, oh, okay, doing it. start doing it. That then was, they switch to Biggie and it's like, okay. okay yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. That, that was wild for me, though. Because I know I'm that from can be culture LA. shock for people. Yeah, yeah I'm from yeah. L.A. Yeah. The only culture we got is Mexicans, like no, no shade, no shade. No, it was this. Yeah, it was the same. Yeah, I've heard that a lot from people that have moved from LA and just other different. Yeah, because my friend in LA, he's also an Afrobeat artist, and he's kind of struggling with the environment. You know, we're trying to get them into the new sounds. He's like, um, I go into clubs, I go into places and try to promote my music, and the music they're playing is nothing close to my music, so it's hard for them to switch from that kind of music to play an Afrobeat. So if the DJ plays, it's gonna sound 
awkward. Yeah. You know, but, you know, the East Coast, New York, precisely, is like the melting pot for, you know, cultural diversity. And that has really helped us in the East Coast because um, landing here, I actually wasn't coming here. When I was coming to the city, I was going to Atlanta. Although Atlanta is still a good, you know, place for promotion of your music. But mm -hmm. for some reason, the friend I was going to leave with in Atlanta flicked. So mm -hmm. I had to stay in New York. Jeez. That was God. That and was. I, you know, settled in New York, started trying to go around. And then I went into a Starbucks. That was the first time I had Afrobeat music. And that was the first year I came, 2017. I went into Starbucks to get coffee. And I had um, Afrobeat. I had techno. Maybe. <laughs> techno. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. I had to bring out my phone and record it because it was a big moment for me, yes. you know. And that gave me an affirmation that, wow, if this is really happening here, that means someday my music can make it to the radio. Mm -hmm. That was just all I felt. Because whenever I see another Afrobeat song or Afrobeat artists excel and the first thing that comes to my mind is the excitement yeah. i don't feel like the pressure like why is it not me rather i'm excited because it's an affirmation that someday soon it was going to happen and my song actually make it to part one or five on sure the radio did. they started playing my song on the big radio and so my friend in california is like bro your song is on the radio in new york I feel like that's going to happen for me 10 years from now. Like, oh, <laughs> come on, bro. Nah. You named about five different countries, like you said, like London and Nigeria and all these things. And what I noticed with international artists, there's still something about the American audience that they, you know, they want to put their imprint on. Is that in the, in the Internet world with social media? Is that still important, like for you in particular? Like, is it? Okay to still do your thing and you don't necessarily have to have like our stamp or approval or love, you can just still be successful everywhere else or is, that, or is it not important to you? At mm. this point, um, I would say um, the audience is all I need. The stamp of approval, I don't need. Okay. You know, um, I'm very comfortable with how much Afrobeat has been promoted and how much Afrobeat is well-known globally now. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a global sound because at some point, people didn't really understand the difference between Afrobeats and dancehall. Yep. People were mm -hmm. thinking Afrobeat was dancehall music and Caribbean music, even up until now. And I was in a, in, a, in a ride with someone recently, a lady, and she said that Afrobeat is glorified African dancehall. And I was like, um, excuse me, man, have you ever been to Africa? Mm -hmm. She said, no. I said, do you know the history of Afrobeat? She said, no. Then I said, then you don't have a right to speak on Afrobeat. Mm -hmm. Come on. Because you don't know the sound. Mm -hmm. All black people are from Africa. The roots are in the drum. I got to yeah. Caribbeans are from Africa. African-Americans are from Africa. Yeah, yeah, British yeah. people, the blacks in, in London are from Africa. Mm -hmm. So you cannot tell drums. me that anything coming out of Africa is a glorified version of anything. <laughs> Anything outside Africa is a glorified version of what is or what was in Africa. So I don't really need the stamp of approval anymore. I, I would admit that when I first came, I felt like, wow, I needed this, you know, because it was really exciting to, like, see other people play our music. But most importantly, what I want is for my black people in America to come home. That's mm -hmm. all I want. That's all I need. I want to see everybody come home once or twice a year, invest back home, you know, buy lands, do properties, do exchange, you know, exchange of investments and things, and see how much their money will grow for them without having to pay too much tax. So it's like strengthening I mean. the relationship, and exactly. that's why the black American audience is so targeted to be like, mm -hmm. boom. Because I read once, a, 
years ago that Bob Marley, that was something that he really, really One was, day. he wanted that black American audience because he felt like they can identify. And a lot of them didn't identify with him until he passed. Did mm-hmm. they? Yeah. They actually did. And I'm really happy where um, we are now in terms of relationship. I'm talking about the African-American community and the Africans. It's yeah. amazing. There's so much exchange of um, culture right now. And thanks to music, because those are like the three major things that you can use to like introduce your culture, the music, the food, and the clothes. Yeah. So now the music has really gone a long way. I'm talking mm-hmm. about Afrobeats to bring people back home. Before the pandemic, they did the year of the return in yeah, 2019. And, and Ghana. There were so many of y'all in so Ghana. Many. Ghana was packed. You know, it was so exciting. Afrochella, Afrochella, yeah. yeah. every yeah. other thing, even they Ebro. Had a bunch of stuff. Trying to get like, that Masa Musa money. Listen, <laughs> that's what it is, bro. You know, I got, I got to say, so like growing up, I, uh, I used to take dance classes and uh, African dance, and I had this teacher who she was Black American, but she spent a lot of time like traveling around Africa. Like she lived in Nigeria for a little bit and was like learning dance there. Right. And I'll never forget, like she used to be like, you know, we're kids, so we kind of used to think some of it was corny, like whatever. But it. It really stuck because, like, she would talk about, like, you know, the drums is, is the language of our people. And yep. she would talk about how even when we were over here as slaves and, like, mm-hmm. the rhythm developed. Yeah. So, yeah. funny story. First time I went to the continent, I went to Ghana. This was, like, in 2014. And I remember my my tour guide, we were driving around and we, like, passed a wedding or something. And the, the people were in there. They were drumming. And he was like, oh, I could tell they're from the north. I was like, yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> right. And he was like, it's the drums. And then right. my, that that dance teacher that was telling me that, I was like, oh, so she See. really she knew her stuff. Like yeah. it, it all comes yeah. full circle. And even if you you know trace it back to history of um, slavery, when the Africans were moved down here, and it got to a point where you know they wanted to like seal their mouth so they couldn't speak. So the way of communication was through drums and different sound. Mm-hmm. It was definitely what they brought with them. Culture and the knowledge they had already that was already instilled in them. That was how they could use drums to communicate. So all the precautions and sounds all come from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to ask. You know, since we have seen the the growth of Afrobeats, you know, like we've known about Afrobeats years and years and years before it became globally. You know, because it's in Madison Square Garden now. (laughs) Burner Boy, like I knew about it two summers ago. See what I'm saying? And 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 real talk. That's yeah. But like, it's so amazing to see you know the growth. What do you think about mainstream artists now? You know, kind of going into it because we got Chris Brown. And whiskey, but like Chris Brown is like blowing up because of this Afrobeat song. Usher and too, Usher, was it? Usher, yeah. Usher, we got Drake. You know what I mean? Do you do you feel some type of way just because you know this is your blood and it's almost like now they're kind of they weren't really you know with it back then, but now since it's highly glorified, you know they're you know they're a part of it. Or are you like this is part of the journey of making it you know a a staple genre? Yeah. You know, actually, um, I feel like um. I feel flattered. I don't feel a type of way. Mm-hmm. Like, um, why is Chris Brown jumping on Afrobeat now? Uh, you know, I feel flattered rather because Chris Brown is black. And mm-hmm. he's now seeing that, oh, my God, this is from my root. And this is really big. Mm-hmm. I should be a part of it. It's bringing me home. You know, Beyonce made a whole Afrobeat album, mm-hmm. you know, but she didn't do it by herself. She mm-hmm. communicated with the Afrobeat community. She got them on the tracks, you know, got I them love to how write she the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not cultural appropriation. That is respecting the culture. Yeah. That's yes. cultural appreciation. Thank you. you I feel like the way they're going about it, people, the likes of Chris Brown, Drake, and the others, is the way I wanted to go about. You know, I would be... Mad if some, no, rock 
and roll white person you right know, yeah. produce yeah. that from in the studio that doesn't even understand <laughs> our precautions you know just go into her studio we have producer and make something and come back and say they make me color right right, right. What? like what get out of so, here okay, okay. jay-z songs come hey. on so, so, so let me ask you know perfect example how about justin bieber when he came on the remix oh, on of whiskey and thames yeah, but and then they cut my favorite part, part of Tim's part for Justin oh, yeah. Bieber's part. I'm I, like, know, I, know, I know. I know the community. Was I tight. felt some I was, type yeah. of way. The community was tight, and <laughs> I mean, he actually came to their song, you know. So he didn't really do it on his own. But at the end of the day, we all still loved the original version more. More. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? Yeah, there you go. Originality. There you go. You know. There's a saying that um, if you know be Panador, you know if he'd be like Panador. Mm-hmm. Meaning like, <laughs> <laughs> meaning that no matter how much you try to like copy something, like plagiarize it, it can never be like the original one. So that's it. Wow. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have a, an, a, an EP out with yeah. Akon. Is that one of your most recent projects? Yes. Um, recent. Talk about that. How did your On Times Square, billboards yeah, and everything. You were just at the... Barclay Center, right? You just performed yeah. outside. Okay, my man's is doing I mean. it. My man's is doing it. So, t- but talk about your your project with Akon. It's an EP, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, right? So, talk about that and how did your creative journey um, happen? Yeah, how did you get to Akon? How did he find you? Ooh, that's a different story. Actually, um, that happened in uh, 2019, finding me, and um, it's crazy because um, my manager at the time named CB, so one lovely sunny afternoon i think around september 2019 he called me he usually calls me for events i think that was just a little bit after new york fashion week we went to a couple of events so i was already drained from these events Mm -hmm. because you know how fashion week be no Mm -hmm. joke i was tired and then he called me and he was like t what you doing i'm taking a nap he was like (laughs) can you come to the city right now like manhattan i'm like for what he said just come okay whatever so i put on a hoodie and a jean and i came to the city I met Hubi and Hoodie and CB in his car. So I stepped into his car. He was playing my music. I'm like, so what are we doing here? Well, I just wait. Uh, we want to meet someone. So I was waiting in the car uh, somewhere on 21st Street. And the building by where we parked, somebody just came out of the building in an all-white dress, a very black man mm-hmm. with an all-white dress. Mm-hmm. And I looked again. I was like, wait, that's Akon. That looks like Akon. So CB started laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? That's Akon, right? <laughs> and then Akon was walking towards the car. I'm like, wait, he's walking towards the car. Wow. Can I go say hi? <laughs> she was like, yeah, go, go say hi to Akon. So I step out of the car to say hi to Akon. And the next thing he opens is I'm like, yo, T, what's up? <laughs> I was like, bro. I love it. Let me die right now. Wait, wow. he knows my name? And he was like, yo. And then he stepped into our car. So prior to that, CB already made the arrangements, and I didn't know about no it. No idea. So that was the first time I ever. Met okay, because I was about to say, Akon just stepped aside some strangers' <laughs> no, car. Obviously, yeah. no, CB. Knew I know. Him. I got. I'm glad you covered that up. So I'm like. <laughs> so that was like, it. Whoa. We drove around for about two hours in the city, and you know, playing my music on the on the car. And he was wow. he had already listened to some of them, and he was like, "I love what I hear. Like you're different. Your sound is amazing." And we talked and talked and talked. We took him to the airport and he left because he was leaving the country that day. And that was the first time I met him. Then the next month he came and the next thing he came with a deal. And God, that was it. The deal was right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't play. He wasn't. He met his words. So speaking about the project, um, Convict Culture presents T-Manny. That's my first EP under the label. We just released it um, a couple of weeks ago. So um, what happened was um, we went to Grammys. Um, my manager, Richard Dean, took me to the Grammys. Mm-hmm. 
um, in March. And after we, you know, did the red carpet mm-hmm. thing, you know how Grammys be. So it was a lot of noise, a lot of buzz back home and here. Mm-hmm. You know, team many at the Grammys, this, yeah. this, and that. And, you know, there was a lot of buzz. But Akon was in California at that time, and the Grammys was in Vegas. So he called me again. He was like, yo, T, are you still on the West Coast? I said, no, I'm back in New York. And he was like, take the next plane and come back to California. We got to make a song. Wow. And I was like, wow. First <laughs> of all, this guy's in my bucket list as a career. Somebody wow. you want to meet. Somebody I want to meet in my career. And then he wants to make a song with me. I was like, <laughs> I'm so available. Let's go. Okay. So I went to California with my manager, Richard Dean. We met him. And... um. We relaxed that day. The next day, we went into the studio, and we started making songs. Um, he wanted to hear what I had. I played a couple of sounds. He loved it. One of the songs from my producer, Jalon, we both created the sounds together, Afro Switch, and he jumped on it, and he was like, no, we got to do more. I'm like, more? Yeah, come on. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and then he played another beat from Spells. Spells is a Nigerian producer, um, Whis- one of Whiskey's producers. Shout out to Spells. And we made another song called Selfish. That was the first track on the EP. Yep. And it sounded good. So he was like, let's take a break. Let's go for dinner. We'll continue tomorrow. We went in the next day and we made all the other songs. And the whole EP was done in two days. That was amazing. So it was supposed to be a record. One song. A wow. collaboration. And then it became a whole EP. That's, so that's the vibe. So that's yeah. what we mean when we say the vibe. Is I hear you. I hear you. I mean, everybody's vibe doesn't get a Grammy Award winning artist, but that's that's something to shoot for. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. grateful. I gotta say, your music it sounds like you created to, for like kind of like a I don't I don't know how to explain it like like a, a aerial experience like in re- like yeah. I don't know it's like, like out of this world yeah, kind of experience and then yeah. back into this world. Yeah, and if you put I'm it on grateful. the right sound system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, the production. Yeah. <laughs> the production is amazing. I'm very um, particular when it comes to my music. Um, I'm not a perfection, uh, perfectionist in life, but in my music, I'm a perfectionist. So I have to listen to it over and over again. And if I don't like something, we're going to take it out and fix it back. You know, even the project, the EP, we went through the mixing back and forth. Me, Akon, and uh, the engineer, shout out to Matt Weiss, is the label engineer for Convict. We mixed, you know, we're going back and forth, take this out, cut this to three minutes, do this, do that, you know. And Akon actually agreed. He allowed me to, like, you know, be in the creative process of that. He didn't really like, you know, some bosses like that, you would not even want to put allow you to put your input. But Akon mm-hmm. actually allowed me to have a say in everything. You know, when he gets any version of the songs, he would send it to me and create a group thread, like a group text between me and the engineer. And he would be like, T, do you like this? Do you like the way you sound? You know, and if I say I love the way I sound, he will put the fire emoji. (laughs) He'll be like, okay, let's go. It was amazing. It was a great experience. I would love to know, kind of segue into, you know, what's going on now. You know, Janet Jackson is um, having a 25-year anniversary for Velvet Rope. I knew it was going to (laughs) come Janet, if you're seeing this. (laughs) Mother. Mother, auntie. Wifey, you're everything to me. <laughs> but um, sh- no, shout out to her because I remember getting that album. But I say that because I remember being young and just loving her collab with Beanie Man, um, oh. Feel It Boy. Mm-hmm. That was such a dope sound. Having Janet's, you know, beautiful, soft, but sensual sound to Beanie Man's reggae beat. And like him and, and the video was just nice and chocolate. All of them on the beach. Who from old school would you like to collab with to make Ooh. a new sound, like an Afrobeat and old school artist that you can, you know, make a vibe with? 
<laughs> I think I'm reaching too high, but. You ain't, no, hold never, on. You never, ain't never reaching never, too high. Right. Never say that because anything can happen. Exactly. But honestly, if I want to do that um, from old school, old school, or it don't really matter. I don't, I don't want one like, of them young ones. Pre-2000. Pre yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> listen. Okay, okay. Listen. Okay, give uh, us 2000s. Okay, 2000s. 2000s, I would say I would love to work with Rihanna. Because that would be a number one record globally. There you go. Her voice, oh yeah. my God, on a record with me, mm -mm. I don't even have to promote it. We just got to release it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That would you be may hot. have to because she won't. She'll just be chilling. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. She's Rihanna. She's yeah. Rihanna. <laughs> but the fact that, you know, she, that would be sick. she has a stamp on that record, it would be a number one record. Yeah. Yeah. And we are looking for a new music, you know. Yeah, I think Rihanna, she's going to come out please. with the album at Super Bowl. We said that earlier. I think she's going. Y'all keep saying that she's gonna come out with a product. <laughs> <laughs> they they definitely some said she she's gonna come out with a product. They yo. definitely said she she was just gonna turn do up, turn makeup, up, makeup tutorials that's, on that's, stage. That's all. Nah, that's stage all. makeup. Nah. Once, <laughs> once you reach that B, it's a different level in life. Yo. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think she's gonna give the people what she want. I think she Hopefully, is. Hopefully, we'll see. You excited for that? Super Bowl. Like when I first saw the TMZ, um, um, you know conversation uh -huh. and then later on that day she posted that yeah. i jumped up i don't even watch football yeah <laughs> i jumped up i'm yeah. like yo i'm watching i was telling my guy i was like you sure we're not gonna buy tickets to uh, that right place? <laughs> i started searching tickets but when i saw the prize of the ticket i'm like i'll watch it on we're TV. gonna have we're gonna have a super bowl <laughs> party after i started <laughs> hey one day an afrobeat artist is gonna be there that's, that's my be... that's that's what i wanted that's to say doable. thank you mm -hmm. we have yeah. madison square garden barclays and then i think yeah. is WizKid coming to madison yeah, WizKid yeah. is gonna be in madison yeah. next so month so it's um, doable Davido gonna be in um the arena in Atlanta next month as well. The twenty one thousand capacity. It's coming. Yeah, I'm gonna be there too. So Afrobeat, an Afrobeat artist is definitely gonna headline the Super Bowl one day. Yeah, someday soon. Speak it into existence. There we yeah. go. Yeah, there we go. That's awesome. She. <laughs> that was a good conversation. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, like we said. Y'all got to support my boy. Before we head out, I want you to let them know everywhere they can stream your music, check out everything and anything you got going on. I'm sure, like, performances that you're going to be have going on, like, where yeah. they can check out um, all the updates. Yeah, I actually have been on tour for a couple weeks now, almost six weeks. Right. It was hard to get Atlanta. your ass up in Yeah, I just came <laughs> back from California. I did Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago, um, New York, definitely. Detroit was one of the best. What up, though? actually opened for Born and Boy. <laughs> That's where you from? Yeah. yeah. Most deaf. Most yeah. deaf. It was at yeah, the... just don't stand for Duro. <laughs> <laughs> it no. was at the Aretha Franklin uh, Theater. It was, okay, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. sold out. 7,000 people. That's what's wow. wrong. Yeah, I opened for Born and Boy. It was amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Richard Dean, my manager. She I mean, got, that, I'm, and I can tell game. you from personal experience, that shows the growth. Because there was a time yeah. when that type of music was playing, if you wasn't Shabba Ranks like a Grammy Award winning, right. people mm -hmm. just blink at you. They yeah. wouldn't boo, but they would just blink at you. So the fact that you... <laughs> That's a signature Afro place beat. that you yeah. did that. Like, that shows the growth of the culture within itself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the support was amazing. They all turned your lights up. It's on my page. Nice. It was amazing. I was like, wow, my first time in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Something great. So next week, I'll be in UK. I'll be in London, uh, continuing the press run and promotions and, you know, performing in a couple places for the project. Uh, Coffee Culture presents Team Manny. You can get my music on all platforms. It's T Manny on all platforms. T E E M A N A Y. You could check everywhere but hell. Check Spotify, <laughs> Apple, <Okay. Yeah>. Tidal. <laughs> you know, you could even check Heaven. I'm dead too. There you, you know? go. There <laughs> so, you go. 
Hey, well, we appreciate you coming through. The young icon is in the building. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you, hosts. You know, appreciate it. It's good seeing everybody. I feel like it's been such a long time. I know. We got to see everybody. You missed our last. Conversation. I know, and I was really sad. I was you really are sad. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, like you said, we got us. You know, I appreciate that. Other, he don't follow nobody, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not that we care, but you he, know he be living yeah, his life. Follow Everyone follows Star. Me. No one no. wants to miss it. No, no, no. She just said the same thing the last time, and I was I like, I don't be, I don't be on. Dog, I don't care about that. shit like that. I personally, I personally don't care about that. She got my phone. She said, "Here." I said, "Come on, let's do it." You know what I mean? So do the same thing. I got you. Yo, I got you. It's all good. Uh, yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much, man. Y'all, uh, make sure you tune in for all of the others that we got coming up because we got some fire for y'all. Yonathan out. And tune into the past ones. Yeah. 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 Shout real. out to T Mun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.